All right, Em, take it away. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Bruin Back Heel. We are here with myself, Emily, and Maddie, and Nish, and we have a special guest, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks. (laughs) I'm excited. Yes, Yes, welcome. Um, So to get us started, you are a UCLA rower, correct? Mm -hmm. And also my roommate. So um, just like the basics, how did you start rowing? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think rowing's a cool sport because a lot of people find it later in life. It's usually like, it's not like soccer where you start at like six years old or like even younger. Like I started when I was 17, I think. And then um, like most people like start in high school, probably like between like freshmen in junior year and like if you want to go to college for it you can get recruited pretty early but I was like already always a pretty athletic kid I was doing like swimming and volleyball all at the same time and then like I was always swimming during the summer but then I didn't like it like the high school environment and then I was kind of mainly doing volleyball and then um I just like after junior year or so I was just kind of tired of it and my mom had always kind of wanted me to row because there is like this notion of like going to college for rowing which is kind of cool and but I didn't know if it was too late or not and then we like ran into someone who was rowing at Cal and they're like oh no she's like a junior that's like totally early enough to still go to college for if you want and so I decided when I quit volleyball I would give it a chance and it went yeah yeah that's awesome. So yeah. did you have like in your area, like a lot of like rowing clubs or like, what is it like? In- yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of, there's a good amount of clubs for like different areas, I would say. So my club was called Oakland Strokes. We rode in like the estuary. So that's like between Oakland and Alameda for anyone listening who knows where that is but um my club encompassed like a lot of the bay area so it was it would span pretty wide um it's not it's kind of like a complicated sport because you need a body of water and you need like a boat bay and like all this equipment so it's not a very common thing for like a high school team really so it's a much more club sport thing and then um yeah I feel like a lot of it's transportation so like we don't have like direct rivals but we'll have like kind of like city rivals so I'm like we're like Oakland and then there's like a team in Marin and then there's like you know Newport Long Beach kind of like that but yeah then like when you have races you all kind of come together where is rowing popular because I'm assuming it's going to be like the both coasts and maybe like some other places like do most people who are in rowing teams in college come from like California or like along the coast? Yeah, it's, um, it's really so much more popular than you think it is. I think it's like, it's, I guess starting the States, it's really big in the Northeast, like all over, um, you know, the Ivy is like, there's a big program in all of them. Um, it's pretty big in the PAC 12s, like Stanford, Berkeley, um, USC, 
um, UW are all really big teams. And then surprisingly, it, it is getting bigger in the Midwest. Like Texas is a really good team. Um, and so is Michigan. And it's just like, it honestly kind of makes sense because um, if you're really big, you're good at rowing. And so just like if you're tall, kind of like being tall and um, like volleyball or something. And so like, I feel like I don't want to offend anyone, but like kind of that big farmer vibe in the Midwest, those are like that, like that, like structure makes you really good. But then it's also uh, really big in Europe too. But yeah, so people coming from all over. Yeah, I, I know there's a, oh, you go ahead, Maddie. I was just going to say, I feel like it's a lot of just like ex-athletes from high school that maybe got burned out or thought, hey, maybe I can do this in college. So everyone who's doing it like is competitive, yeah. athletic, which I like, that's super cool that we, you know, we get to have a rowing team too. Yeah, no, that's why I like it so much as a sport. It's, it's one where like, it, it, like fitness is such a big part of it. So if you like are just kind of like a good athlete or you like really like to train and do cross training, you can like, like go on this insane like slope of like improvement and like if you just like dedicate a summer or something you can come back like an entirely different rower and like there is all this skill involved but it's just like it you can quit pick up on the basics pretty quickly yeah that's super cool I know you said um that it's big in Europe like I know a lot of people on your team are from England right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly had no idea that like rowing was so big there. Yeah. It's a huge deal. It's like, um, yeah, it's all over. Uh, we have some internationals on our team, like a bunch from England. So it's really big there. It's, um, it's really big in Australia too. And then Germany too. And then there's always like, when you get into the like really big teams, there's a sprinkle people from like Estonia and like Italy and like Eastern Europe and places, but they do, there's two types of rowing. There's sweeping, which is when you have one oar and there's sculling when you have like two, you hold two oars and sculling's um, more popular in Europe, I would say than it is. College is mainly just one oar sweeping. So is that the kind of team we have? Yeah, like basically all college teams um, compete in that way. Yeah. Cool. I did not know that. This is probably like a super basic question for you, but how many people are like in in, in the team and like how many people compete at a a meet? No, yeah, it's a great question. And it's like also like don't feel bad about like dumb questions because – it's like pretty unknown. I think like a lot of people don't know the basics and it's like, there's a lot of terminology that might like go over my head. So feel free to ask, but um, so rowing teams tend to be pretty big. I would say our team is probably like 40 to 50 girls. Usually it's um, so you have a bunch of different types of boats. And so there's, three racing boats like our three NCAA boats and so there's the eight which is eight girls and then a coxswain and then there's the four which is uh so there's the 1v8 and then the 2v8 and then um 
there's a four, which is like four girls and a coxswain. So that alone is like, what, like 18 plus five, like 23 girls or something. And so you kind of do need a lot of girls because we'll like a common practice is to go out in like three eights. And that's like right there. That's like basically 30 girls. Mm. Yeah. I had no idea there were so many rowers. So we have around like 50 rowers on the, like just the women's rowing team at UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn. I had no idea. I know. And you get like used to it. So like being around so many people. So when some people aren't there, you're like, oh, we feel kind of small today, but we're still probably have like over 30 people or something. <laughs> Is it like, um, so what are the other two? You said there's three like NCAA boats. Yeah. And then there two more that aren't? Or yeah. So like, it's kind of like how you would have a travel roster in a way. So those are our like competing boats. And then like, those are the ones that will travel to like away races. You some, at some races, like at pack 12s, you'll have like, um, they'll add in more boats, like a 2v4, which would be like your second four or like a 3v, which is like your third eight. And then, um, and then what else? Um, sometimes like a novice boat, which is like has freshmen or walk-ons. Okay. Yeah. And then also, is it like the, for the three boats of eight people, is it, are they all like the same um, level or is it like ABC? It's ABC. It, okay. So it goes, when I say V, it's like varsity. So it's like our varsity eight boat. So like eight girls. Okay. Um, and so it goes our 1B and then our 2B, which is kind of like a JV boat. And then that's also eight girls and then the four uh, or like the varsity four. So it, yeah, it goes like one, two, three. Dang. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. It's like uh, unknown stuff. <laughs> you guys, what? like you guys put in work. Like we see yeah. you out on the track yeah <laughs> more running than we do <laughs> no I think it's so funny when we're like on the track together I'm like oh my gosh we're on their turf we shouldn't be here um we're working hard <laughs> yeah no it's a it's a pretty rigorous schedule for sure I think um I can like go through it if you want yeah yeah, yeah the, like the dynamic I've always assumed is the rowers have to get up really early in the morning for some reason is that true yeah, it is true. That's like funny when you tell someone you row, they'll be like, oh, so you have to get up so early. I'm like, yeah, yeah. why is that? Um, um, the water is really calm in the morning, which is like really helpful. Usually wind comes in like the afternoon. And so like, it's not as easy. You can't get as an efficient of a practice. And for us, like traffic is also an issue just because LA traffic's kind of shitty. So um we go, um, cause we row at Marina Del Rey. And so without traffic, that's about like 15 to 20 minutes away. But on the way back, it does take about like 45. Do you guys bus there or do you have to get there individually? Um, so we've in the past, it's always been a bus. Like everyone takes the bus, but because of COVID we're limiting the amount of people on the bus to like spread it out. So, um, I think there's about like seven like groups of people maybe and like we all have our cars and so we like drive a group of people like people are driving their roommates or people who are like kind of in their pod or whatever so yeah. um, that's like a new thing this year but like taking the cars 
taking a car is much nicer because you um, get there faster and you get to sleep in like a little bit longer. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. What time do you guys? So what's like day in the life? Okay. So day in the life or like through the week is I always try. There's like so many different practices. So I try to like come up with the best way to explain it. But I would say that every morning except Wednesday and Sunday, we go to the boathouse in the morning. And so we, I wake up at 5.30 and like other people wake up at like 5.15, but it's kind of like leave around like 5.45 and then you're at the boathouse by like 6.20 and you're kind of rowing on the water or like doing practice from like about two hours. Like you're usually off the water around like 8.20 or so. And then we'll like have to put the boats away and then we like come we drive back to campus. And so on Tuesday, Thursday, right after practice, we go to track and the, and do weights. Um, so we just like run a few laps, do some sprints. And then we do like, um, just like an hour weight session. And so those are like technically like double days. Cause there's two different sessions, but it's all like in one block. So then you have the rest of the day by like I think we're usually done by like 1045 or so. So those like Tuesday, Thursdays are great. Cause like you're done with practice in the morning. And then on Monday and Friday, uh, we have afternoon and Wednesday, but we don't have practice on the morning and Wednesday. It's like our day off, our morning off to sleep in. Uh, we have afternoon practice and afternoon practice is like on land and it's, there's, I don't know if you guys know what like the rowing machines are it's called the erg. Yeah. So ergs, those are like all like, that's just like about fitness. And so you, we practice at the top of Drake stadium, like where like you guys do soccer, but like up the stairs and stuff kind of like on that flat area. And we have another like two hour practice on the ergs. And so Monday two hours doing the same thing. Yeah, two hours doing the same thing. So Mondays are like our really big volume days. So we'll like row like 20k, like 20,000 like meters in the morning. And then we'll usually do like another 20k like in the afternoon, which is like kills you. It's just like so much volume, but it's just like so that will those practices will be like three by 30 minute or like four by 20 minute. And it's just kind of like, keep, it's kind of like a good comparison is like a long jog type of thing. And then Wednesdays are like our, M knows this cause I like get freaked out about them but it's called like our hard erg days kind of. And that's when you do like, think of like the running equivalents like sprints or something. So you would do like kind of hard workouts. It's like to show your like fitness type of thing. There'll be like some sort of test or something like that. And then Fridays, Friday afternoons are usually kind of chill just because it's more towards the end of the week. So we do things called like triathlons a lot. So we'll like erg run and do like a set of stairs. And like those days are really fun because it's usually like just kind of seeing who's the most fit. Because even if you're not the best rower, you can like catch up on the run or like on the stairs or something. And so it's like always fun to like see where people land in that. And then Saturday is just like a long row. We usually do like um, an hour-ish to an hour and a half. And then we take like a 30 minute break and then we do like another like hour or so. And like, it'll sometimes be drill in the morning and then like pieces on the water. 
And then Sunday we have off. So sorry, that is like a whole mouthful. It's like hard to explain it all. And like you get, you catch on to the schedule pretty quick though. Yeah, that sounds super hectic. Is it usually the same? Because I know for like us with soccer, the schedule changes like basically week to week, depending on like our games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the basic structure, which I just described is the same, but like my, our coach sends out training programs each week. And so, um, that will change. So you'll like, so what will change will be like, Oh, the type of steady state we're doing on Monday. The main thing is like the type of workout we're doing on Wednesday to see like how difficult that is or so. And then like the type of pieces we do on the water change because you can either just like do what we call steady state, which is kind of like a long jog, like on the water, or you can do like more intense, like shorter pieces or something like that. But yeah, so it's same, but different, I guess. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. I mean, like just compared to what we do for soccer. I mean, I'm not saying like you guys, I don't want to say like you guys work harder, but holy Crap, that sounds uh, intense. <laughs> it like is like you don't really realize because you just start doing the same thing like over and over again like for years. So I, yeah, yeah I think it's crazy because a lot of teams like don't even do double days all the time, which I like didn't know. I thought it was a pretty common thing, but I like understand because it's necessary that we like row in the morning, but then and then afternoon practices like it's like a different type of fitness. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Sometimes you can just like, it's like just sometimes the water's more focused on technique and then the afternoon is more focused on fitness. We like do like ergs like three times a week. I think some college programs do it twice, but I think it just varies. But those afternoon practices um, and the rows are like there's a big emphasis on like your heart rate being in the right range and stuff. So you're kind of like just doing, doing the right, like aerobic, like workout and stuff. So you've been doing this now, like this is your third year, right? You started as a freshman. Um, yeah. So I started halfway through my like January of my junior year. So I was just thinking about that. Cause that's like, my junior year to my senior year, senior to freshman. Uh, sorry, someone FaceTimed me. Um, yeah, so I think this is like my, like, I'm on like five years or so, maybe four years. So now like you, like now that you've been at UCLA and you've been doing it so often, like what's like the worst thing? Like, do you still, is the erg not as bad since you were doing it your freshman year or do you feel like you're pretty used to that oh oh no it's just as bad (laughs) it's like (laughs) it's just bad it's like it's hard because you know we don't do the assault bike as much no but it, it is like a really good like equivalent to think of when you're like going hard on that So Mondays are great because Mondays you can kind of just zone out like you're tired, but you can like get through it. Wednesdays are like the worst day because like even as you like get older, you're do like you can do the same type of work, but you do it like harder, if that makes sense. So it will still like you 
you know, as you go on, it won't get easier. You just learn how to sustain like better splits or whatever, which is kind of like how fast you would like move on the water, like in a more aggressive way. And so like you become strong, as you become stronger, you'll pull like lower splits, but like it, it will still be just as hard. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I think I've done the erg, like we'll do it at champ camps and it's like, yeah, but it's only like, you have to get like 10 calories or something, which is like, yeah. Yeah. We don't look literally like 10 holes. <laughs> yeah. When, when do you guys com- compete and what's your competing structure? Like, cause I'm, I'm comparing it to like what, uh, like, you know, with gymnastics or like, or, or even us at soccer might be where it's like, we'll have non-conference and then pac 12 and then NCAA tournament. Is it it's kind of similar for you guys or? Yeah, it's kind of similar. It's like you have your, so our racing season's right now. It's like in spring, it's, it starts a little bit at the end of winter quarter, but it's usually like the beginning of March um, to the end of May or early June. And so we, it like obviously looks different because of COVID right now, but um, we have like our, we always race LMU, um, SC, um, UC San Diego State and then not this year but there's a there's a regatta called San Diego Crew Classic where a lot of different teams will come like usually a lot of west coast schools and sometimes like Texas and like Oklahoma and like some midwest schools will um come to that and then uh, we try to do an east coast race because otherwise we wouldn't see any of the east coast teams and it's really important it's like we're get we get ranked and you get ranked and they like cross reference so if it was like oh like you know you beat stanford and stanford beat cal then you're more likely to beat cal or something so they kind of do cross referencing and comparing time so it's important to do one of those races to like then kind of get your name in with those other teams but then after all those races we have pack 12s um and then after pack 12s is ncaa's but it's not um even pack 12s is kind of it's like so there's a bunch of different conferences and so everyone who gets like first in their conference that's an automatic bid to ncaa's but then they go off of these rankings after those so I'm not the biggest fan of the system because like they'll literally be like really low or like even sometimes like D2 teams that like are able to get into NCAAs, which like, and like they kick out some other teams that are like much more like have earned their spot, I guess. So it's kind of a weird system, but yeah, that's how it goes. Usually though um, in the past, the top four teams from Pac-12s will go to NCAAs, but UCLA, my freshman year, we got fourth, which was like our highest finish in in a while because it's like UW like is like number one in the country and like Stanford's like, or Berkeley won a few years ago and Stanford um, is like always like top four. So like getting fourth was like a big deal for us and we didn't make it. And which was really like heartbreaking because we thought we were going to, but so in the past top four is gone, but 
the last NCAA is only top three of Pac-12. How do you think you guys are going to do this year? Um, this year we're like, we're like 15th in the rankings, which is pretty good for us. It's kind of, um, COVID just changes everything, which is crazy. Um, like the Ivies aren't even ranked right now. And like Brown, Princeton and Yale and Harvard are all pretty big teams, um, in rowing. So I, I think there's a pretty good chance we go to NCAAs. I don't want to uh, jinx anything, but yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. yeah. How are you guys doing in like Pac-12 conference right now? Like, where are you guys at? We're doing well. I think we're. Oh, someone just said what we were ranked in the West, but I can't remember. But um, no, it's going really well. Um, USC has like we beat USC at Pac-12s uh or so it's hard because like you kind of have to skip sophomore year because no racing happened but so our freshman year USC beat us at the duel but we beat them at Pac-12s but then so we just had our duel against them um like last week the week before and we beat them like for and like we swept them, which is like the first time that's happened in like program history. And we were like, we have nothing to lose. We're just going to go so hard off the start. And we ended up beating our, my boat, which was like the one V beat them by like 14 seconds, which is like, wow, three boat lengths or something insane like that. So it was like a really exciting moment for us. And, um, the two V our two V like also beat their two V by a lot of time and so did the four too so like we won by open water and like all boats which was really exciting wait i actually have no idea how long like lengthwise is a is a rowing race yeah. so um basically it's two thousand meters which is like um depending on the conditions like if it's pretty flat conditions it'll take you about six minutes and 30 seconds or so um it's really hard <laughs> it's like um so yeah it's by I like don't even know how to describe it it's just think of like pain the whole time and you kind of get to like the 750 meter mark and like the coxswain will like be telling you where you're at and you're like oh my god like I don't know how I'm gonna finish but like that's kind of what we prep for all season like figuring out how we can like be as efficient as possible and like kind of hold the splits we want to and um and just like yeah just like go as fast as possible with like sustaining technique and stuff so is it like a six minute sprint essentially yes it like literally it's a six minute sprint like it's hard because you are going like you're basically going as hard as you can. Like you can do max stuff that's like shorter and practice and stuff. But like, think of it as like the hardest you can go. That's also sustainable for six minutes. If that would make sense. Yeah. 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 I'm kind of like comparing it in my head to like an 800 meters where it's it's not like a flat out sprint, but you still have to like basically go as hard as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a 50 meter sprint or something like that, because if you because that is like a common thing you'll say like oh like I flied and flight and died as a term and it's basically you went way too hard off the start so maybe you pulled ahead of the other boat but um 
but now you're like dying. So then the other boat will like come back and beat you or something like that. But like, there always is like a mental aspect of it. Like, like people, some boats are like more emotional than others, like depending on who's in them, which is like kind of crazy to think about, but it really does apply. Like if a boat is up on you right from the start, like people are just like, oh shoot, like we just lost already. And like, you might not be able to catch up, but if you're ahead, you are like, but other people are able to be like oh no like we can still come back from this but then other people will just get on like if you're ahead you'll just get on a total high and you'll just like keep walking and stuff like that so it's like it's kind of in and then in races when it's like really neck to neck kind of back and forth you're like in it the whole time because you're like oh it could really go either way that's so exciting what are like the coaching points for like a rowing team? Because obviously with, with a game like soccer or basketball, if it's a tactical game, there's a lot of technique. I'm thinking rowing's more like, you know, athletics or like, like sprinting where it's a lot of like athletic position as opposed to like the rowing technique itself. Like what do you guys get coached on, if, if that makes sense? Yeah, um, no, it does make sense. It's, um, it's really a mix, I would say. It's a mix between technique and fitness. So if we're doing like a lot of time we'll do drills and stuff, which is really focused on technique. So your the main like drill points are getting your blade in the water, like efficiently and like kind of you're rowing with seven other girls. So you have to be all in sync. And so it's kind of being like, oh, like your hands don't match. So like if you, if you row, you would like you're holding it with your hands, you would like lean forward, you would catch the water and then you would like push with your legs. So there's this big motion of like hands, it's called hands away and like your body's over and your finish is when your blade comes out of the water. So those are all three big points because you're, you want those to literally match exactly with the other girls in your boat because if you don't, then the boat will be offset and it, you just won't move water as efficiently and then you'll be slower. So those are kind of all places to focus on. And then as we like get more into the racing season, we do focus on like kind of the fitness. So I mentioned splits a few times. That's basically, it's called your 500 meter splits. And it's how fast you can row in 500 meters. And so you want to, it's kind of like how fast you could run a lap on the track or something. And so you want to hold a specific split. Like we have goals, like in our races and stuff. Oh, we want to hold like a one, like 35 split. And you want to be like off the start, you want to be a 125. So it's kind of all these marks to keep you in check. So when you get into racing, we want to see like how low we can get those but by also maintaining technique so it's kind of a give and take because you want to go as hard as you can but then once you start doing that you start forgetting technique so you need to kind of find this perfect balance in a way so it seems like obviously it's like offense is there any type of defense to like yeah oh my gosh that's funny I never really thought about it like that um I think it's that like it's weird because it's not a contact sport either. So you're very like in your own boat. Um, I would just say like, it kind of comes back to the mentality of the defense. So it's like, if you're down, 
you would technically be on defense, I guess. And you're trying to figure out like how you can come back or when you're really at like you're ahead, it's all about like keeping them off of you. Like don't let the bow get closer to you. So it's very much like while it's internal, you do focus on other boats. So a big part of the coxswain's job is telling you where you are in um, relative to the other boats. So you'll be like, oh, I'm at, cause if you're even like all the seats match up, but if you're ahead, the coxswain would be on a different person's seat. And then it would kind of like be like this. So you'd be like, oh, like they're two seats up on you or stuff like that. So you try to see like, you want to get as ahead of po- as possible, but like a big part of the race is knowing where they are and if you're down and if you can like take a move to get ahead of them or something like and, that. And just so, like the coxswain's the person who has the, the loud or the, like the loudspeaker and they're like yelling, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the coxswain's like the much smaller girl in the front. Um, and she's. Do, you, do people get recruited to be that? Yeah. You're at, you actually do get recruited to cox. So the way you get recruited is like you would send in recordings from your races or something and the coaches would like listen to them. And like a big part is like the clubs you're from. Like if you come from a pretty well-known club, like I came, I come from a well-known club. And if you like were in a winning the top boat at your program or something, cause that kind of speaks about like how you are as a coxswain and um, the main jobs, like her main tasks are to like, one steer the boat because there's like um there's like a skeg underneath because the water can although you're like rowing equally the water conditions can move you so she wants to like so they don't just yell they do not just yell no (laughs) as a lot think they do yell a lot especially i get yelled at a lot but it's um she uh will like like i said about the technique the coxswains will be on your technique a lot like they'll be telling you whether your blade's getting in the water, whether you're on time with the person, stuff like that. And then um, during a race, like, it's honestly like, it's so much harder than people say it is because I cannot imagine doing all of this, but they have to like get you to the line, like get you to the start line on time. They have to steer you down the course straight. They have to like tell you where you are in a race. And they basically, we have a thing called a race plan. Um, which is kind of like, you know, at this point, we're planning to like focus on this or we're planning to take a move, like, which is kind of like go harder, like during the race at this thing. So for like 2000 meters, they basically have like everything like thought out of what they're going to say on top of also looking at the other boats and like telling you where you are. So it's a bit, it's a lot of multitasking, I would say. The team do you guys strategist. Like scout, do you scout the other team? Like, do you have a scout on, like, I don't know. Like kind of how soccer like watches video of other people. Yeah. Um, we will like keep tabs on other people's races to see where they finish. And like I was mentioning earlier, like that cross-referencing. So yeah. we, we like to see like how fast, um, like if this boat beat this boat by this much, like, do we think we could beat them? Kind of stuff like that. Um, and then like, there's always some Instagram stalking, I think, to see what they're up to too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, you could like, you can easily watch some people's races. It's like not always as easily recorded as soccer, I feel, but like 
you can definitely find some stuff. So there are like ways to watch like people rowing and stuff. And like when you're competing against other teams, like in the race itself, like aside from the cops and are the rest of you guys talking to each other? Is there communication between the team as your own or is it really just head down and row? It's a little bit. It like, it, de- it depends on the type of rower you are. I think um, during, I think the main thing is you're literally so tired. It's like whether you can yell or not. Um, during practice, we talk a lot more. It's kind of like, it will be like you're less out of breath so our like we say yeah brew a lot to like get people hyped and stuff when you're doing well um you will hear like girls just be like oh blades which kind of means like or like hand bodies over which means like oh like have a checkpoint on that type of thing um during the race it would more just be like like you know let's go or something like that if you could like get a breath of air out to do so but yeah and then um in practice um like we kind of do laps in a way like in a pool so like when you finish a lap you have to spin the boat and so often at the end of the lap we'll like while we're spinning and stuff we'll talk about it we'll be like oh what do you think went well like what can we focus on so there is a lot of constant communication about that and then like always on the drive back from practice we're like talking about what we thought went well and what could have been better so when the coxswain like critiques you guys during a race mm-hmm. how does she know like how is she qualified to like critique your like positioning into like the water or like like is it just from like watching and like seeing it or does she like communicate with the coach at all and like get advice from them both. I think like, like at this point in like your rowing career, you know, like there's a certain standard of like what it should look like. Um, like, um, so you always want it to like be up to that standard. And so she knows what, and it doesn't look like that. A big part is timing. So she, she's literally at the front of like, she's sitting at the front of the boat and can see all of us and all of our blades. So she is like, she can directly see whether our blades are like matching or not. So she's able to like critique us on that. And like, just a big part of their job is like being so aware on that technique that they do have, um, they are like able to critique us on that. But a big part of the coxswain is like relaying what the coach is talking about. So if they, like you know they'll be perked up and if my coach is like telling me to get my blade in the water she's also going to be specifically looking for that because my coach has been talking about it but um there they should be like able enough to be able to do all of this even when the coach isn't around like because when we're like warming up for a race or going to the line like you know our coach isn't there with us so, yeah, I mean, obviously the coach isn't in the, in the boat as well. Uh, are they like, how do they like follow you guys? Wait, sorry. Hold on. Are you there? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Can you repeat that? It went to my yeah. How, how does the coach like follow you guys during the race? Do, they, do all the, like, the team's coaches watch from like the shore or how does it work? Um, yeah, so it depends. So during practice, our boat, our coach is on what we call a launch, but it's like a motor boat, basically. So she like, literally follows us around on the boat. Um, 
during races she it depends on the type of race because if it's just like a duel against like LMU or USC they will be following us down the course but they're not in another boat or like but when it's like a yeah in like their like motorboat type of thing um but they're not really allowed to say like anything during a like race and then when we're at big regattas it'll be like for like literally like it can be up to six boats across um they'll like be on land because that's just like a big event and like only the like the refs kind of are out there and um depending on the type of race there's been like drones and stuff or like cameras following so they can watch from that but like rowing's if there's a drone it's exciting but it's not an exciting sport if there's not because you'll literally only be at one point in the race and they'll row past you and then that's it because like you know you can't be following along the entire race so if there's a camera though you can usually watch the whole time how does what you said about or and you go ahead okay um i didn't even realize that there were referees like in rowing so what do they look for and then like how do they do it yeah it's not like I, I think ref is the best word to use, but it's not, like, a big deal. But there are, like, officials who will start the race and make sure, like, your lanes will kind of be outlined with bu- small buoys um, along the race sometimes. And so um, they'll tell you once you're, like, all lined up at the start line, they need to make sure you're even because, um, like, you know, just, like, simple like you all want to start even and then they will like tell you to like take a tap or something to realign your boat because they want you to be as straight down the course as possible and they're mainly just going down to make sure you stay in your lane because sometimes like water conditions like some places it's really windy so the coxswains have to be very like on top of it with the steering but you could literally like steer into someone else's lane and like your oars clash sometimes like that can be kind of messy sometimes but yeah they're not like doing much other than that so what happens when like oars collide is there like a penalty or is it just like oh that's unfortunate Um, it's like very unfortunate it kind of depends on when it starts in the race um because like honestly if it happens you like should restart it kind of like ruins the results unfortunately it's um but I'm not sure because like I don't know I've gotten very close but I don't know if in and it's happened in practice but I don't know if in actual okay well my freshman year there was like we went to Clemson and like there was this basically like a hurricane and like all this debris after during the race and like this someone like ridiculous like they opened the dam or something like that and so water was flooding in and so it totally pushed us into another lane and we were like basically in the lane with someone else but I can't remember if they the race got discarded altogether because the results were ridiculous so I'm not sure I'm not sure that's something I should know to be honest it seems (laughs) like relatively obscure for that to happen yeah, it, like, the conditions vary a lot for races. Like, obviously, ideal is, like, sunny, no no wind, like, and it's just flat. But, like, depending on the course or the day, like, 
my Pac-12s my freshman year, we were like literally in a rainstorm. It was like completely clear for the V8. And we were rowing in white caps and like the rain like hurt. And it was like so cold. And so it just like, it's crazy how much it can vary. I'm curious, like as a rower, what are your guys are like, what are your specific like goals after college? Like, do you want to continue rowing like competitively or professionally or is it is it more of like a college sport um oh personally I'm not planning to continue um two of our alum like two alumni um from England are trying to go to the like Tokyo Olympics so they've been um training for that one is actually rowing in a uh, a two-person boat this weekend um, on Sunday at the European Worlds, and Worlds are kind of like ways to qualify for the Olympics. So she's trying to qualify for the Olympics this um, this weekend, which is really exciting. Um, so some people like do national team stuff, but I would say for a large majority, it depends on the program you're at. But like, especially at our program, I would say a lot of people stop after college there isn't like a league right there's not like a american no not really it would be like the national team like the woman like yeah there's like the 20 there's like u23 u19 worlds u23 worlds and i guess there's like over whatever that's called but um yeah it's just like rowing's it is it, it's like it's a good thing that people start later because like after like my I've told you my whole schedule I think you can tell that people do get burned out from it <laughs> so like it's kind of hard to think about continuing afterwards at such like an elite level too yeah you're gone for the majority of the day it'll be yeah. like I wake up you come back like two hours later having like worked super hard. Then you leave like another hour later to go work super hard for like three hours. <laughs> I know. I like don't understand how you do it. I know. It's insane. I think you literally like just get into such a routine and you're just like, that's what I've always liked about like athletics at UCLA or just like being on an organized sport. It's like, you view practice as like a class. You're like, oh, well, I have to go. It's never like, oh, like, when am I going to work out? Like, am I going to go at 6 p.m. or whatever, which is honestly kind of nice, but it's hard to be at like such, I can just pick it up, Gianna. It's not a big deal. It's hard to be at such an extreme um, all the time. But yeah, definitely not like soccer where like so many of you guys are going pro, like pro, like that's insane. Oh my gosh. Well, I guess we got the rowing 101. I had no idea. Same. I literally had no clue how rowing worked. My, I know. <laughs> my physical therapist at home rowed at UCLA. And like, the oh, early no season, way. Yeah. Oh, so that's so He funny. literally, she's like, it was the best four years, like, had such a great experience rowing. Um, yeah. She talked about like her early mornings, but. She's like, I would go back and do it again. So she, she had a really good time. Yeah. And I think like a, something to end on is like, 
even though it is like as hard as it is like most people you talk about when you're like oh why do you do this it like literally is your team like my best friends are like from rowing like from high school too it's I don't it's just like I don't know they're just such hardworking people like very like caring people I think it's something about like going through such pain together that yeah brings you closer but yeah like that definitely even when it's hard I was like and like especially after COVID I like realized like it was like a big realization like I was like that sorry I like can't speak it was a big realization that I do this like for my teammates because when it ended the thing I was like saddest about was like traveling with the team and like going on the bus and like literally just like seeing people when we were like washing the boats after practice and stuff like that so I'm happy that we can all be together right now even though it looks different oh that's okay. yeah <laughs> yeah gotcha Thank you so much for coming on the show. This is very interesting. Something I never like had any idea or clue about. So thank you so much. Yeah, I hope I explained the stuff well. Um, yeah, and it made sense. But thanks for having me. Yay. Yeah, this is definitely a nice change of pace from what we usually talk about. Yeah, definitely. Love to okay. change it up. Well, thanks guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Woo. Peace. Bye.